This is the No Grow Show Show. A weekly audio and video production of the First Baptist Church of Grandview, Texas. At FBC Grandview, we desire to ensure that every person in Grandview knows that they are loved by Jesus and his church. This show is one more way we pursue that goal as we discuss with our church members themselves how we can know the love of Christ by a God who regularly reveals himself to us, how we can grow in that love towards our brothers and sisters in Christ through whom God uses to show us truth, and how we can show the love of Christ to those around us. So get ready, pull up a chair, and dive in with us as we celebrate and discuss the love of Jesus Christ. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number seven of the No Grow Show show. Our guest today is one of our deacons, also Sunday school teacher, has filled in for worship leader and <laughs> preached for us on multiple occasions, regular jack of all trades, uh, Andrew Rogers. Uh, and so we'll just jump right into the questions. Sweet. All right. Andrew, <laughs> what is something funny and or interesting about yourself that we might not already know? Yeah. So... I probably have to tell myself to answer this question accurately. I guess that's, that's perfect. That's, that's, that's probably the goal. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think probably what I would say is uh, people that know me well know I have a kind of a morbid fear of spiders. Okay. Which probably doesn't sound that uncommon. There's lots of people that don't like bugs or spiders in particular. It's interesting because I, it took me years to figure out that I developed this fear of spiders because I heard my father's traumatic story of childhood uh. when he developed his own fear of spiders due to an incident. And I sort of took that on as my own, which sounds very odd, but um, <laughs> it's a real serious thing. So my kids know that if there's a, a spider in the house, they don't even bother telling me to come kill it. They go and get my wife. Yeah. Right. Or uh, even when we were foster parents, all of our teenagers would give me a hard time. Uh, my children, have, they, they think it's hilarious. They like, especially at Halloween time when there's big fuzzy spider props, they Everywhere. like to take yes. those and slide them under my bed sheets and wait till I find them at night or oh, put them man. with legs sticking out under my bed. So... Yeah. There were several houses here in town that had giant spiders in their front yards. Too, yes, so. we did one. I felt okay. like that was very therapeutic. You know, I put yeah. out a big spider on our house. I was okay with that. I just don't go near the real ones. Okay. <laughs> it's real simple. <laughs> well, you would, you make the third person now that that's been their thing. So yes, our new two newest staff members, Eric and Ethan, both have fears of spiders. So. <laughs> nice. Glad I could join the club. <laughs> <laughs> on the arachnophobia team. That's right. That's right. Okay. Um, I can edit this out if I need to, but... What is the story with your dad? What is the traumatic experience? I have to ask. Yeah, so my family's lived in the same town in Massachusetts for a few hundred years, like several okay. generations back. And we had, we were, there were a family that owned farmland. Yeah. And the last piece of that farmland we still own to this day, but it was an apple orchard. And my dad had an incident as a child running through uh, the apple orchard. And yeah. spiders had created a large web between two apple trees. And he ran through it and found himself covered in baby spiders. Oh, wow. And so in this very... and. And then doesn't remember anything after that, except they found him laying in the field, oh, wow. wiping spiders off himself. And so hearing this story growing up, I think I'm just, it's natural empathy for me. So it was like, I visualized that happening to myself and just yeah. developed this fear of spiders there on out. And I think there's also kind of that whole piece where as a kid, you think your parent is like 
perfect, right? Yeah. You know, your dad's a superhero. He can do anything. And my right. dad's a big guy and he fixes things with his hands and he builds things and, you know, but he had this fear of spiders. So logically I should be afraid of spiders too. <laughs> so yeah. If they can get him, they can get anyone. That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. There's no getting out of that. So. Okay. That is, Definitely that is a traumatic fear. story. <laughs> I can right. see why. That's right. Yeah. It's definitely, definitely didn't help me. Okay. Well, I'm with you on the getting my wife to kill bugs. I usually do that too. I don't like anything that creeps across, <laughs> yeah. especially if it flies at the same time. Mm. Okay. All right. Well, there we go. So let me ask you a serious question now. Okay. Uh, and that is, how has God been revealing himself to you lately? Yeah, that's a really good question. So as I put some thought into that, you know, I think right now, you know, because it, it changes regularly, right? right? God might reveal himself in different ways or, or put different things in our hearts at different times. I, you know, I know for the last few years, uh, my answer to that has been that I, I feel very, um, I feel like we're all aware that Grandview is a growing town and that mm-hmm. there's growing needs with a growing town that we as a church, the, you know, the body of Christ, not the church building, but the actual yeah. church, the people have an obligation, I think, to meet the needs of our community. And for me in particular, one of the ways that's been on my heart for a few years, um, as I was finishing up my master's degree and getting my, my license to practice therapy was eventually someday to have this vision of opening, um, a Christian practice for counseling here in Grandview. Uh, and I think anyone in the area knows we don't have a lot of mental health resources in mm-hmm. this region. Um, so to have a, a Christian counseling practice would be really beneficial. And so I've had that thought in the back of my mind for a number of years, you know, yeah. just kind of, just kind of entertaining it, kind of saying, okay, maybe at the right time. Um, but in the recent few weeks and the last couple of months, um, the need for that has becoming more and more to my plate, you yeah. know? Um, and, and I have to feel like that's, that's God's way of nudging me and, and kind of reminding me of like, hey, this wasn't your idea, Andrew. This was my idea. Mm-hmm. So A, let's not take credit for this. And B, yeah. um, you know, I, I do have bigger things in store for this. So it's kind of, I feel like God is telling me this is, this is not just an idea you had that, that we're going to develop later that could work. This is something very specific that he has in store. I still don't know exactly what that looks like, you know, and, and yeah. what that might um, what the vision for it is entirely just that the need for it has become uh, bigger and bigger. And I've become more and more aware of needs in our community where a mental health resource, especially a Christian counseling center, something of that yeah. nature uh, would be really beneficial. So it's something I'm working through um, and, and certainly just praying through and just seeing where, where God might lead that. So, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, you know, that always, anytime that comes up, the idea of mental health and counseling, yeah. Uh, I am reminded of the reality that, like you said, we don't have a lot of options in a small town like Grandview. Yes. yes. There are many options within, you know, 30, 40 minutes mm-hmm. driving distance. Um, but, you know, having something in town would certainly, God could definitely use that. And I'm always reminded when we talk about this to let everybody know, like, if you ever have anybody, anything going on, you know, depression or anxiety or wondering if that might be an issue, uh, reach out and talk to somebody. We have professionals around us that we can send you to. Uh, I'm sure Andrew has a list as well. Um, He does kind of a telehealth counseling uh, right now. Um, So, you know, it's something that we believe is important. Uh, I benefit from counseling myself. uh, And so I would encourage anybody out there to to check that out. Uh, It's uh, in, in the past, people have looked at counselors and psychologists as something separate from Christianity is like a different way of taking care of problems. Yes. Um, but in reality, it's it can be part of the same plan. It can be part of the hands and feet of, yeah. of Christ. Yeah, no, absolutely. And really, if you look at the history of psychology as a whole, 
the whole field developed and, and for whatever reason as Freud, you know, and I'm not a Freudian, most people yeah. aren't, most people denounce a lot of what Freud believed, but he was one of the pioneers in the field of psychology. And what happened was as he began to develop that field and Jung and all these other guys, Eric Erickson, all these others mm -hmm. developed, um, uh, theories in psychology, the church took a back seat and just had nothing to do with it. And so this whole field of science and mental health began and, and sprung and grew without the church having any influence on it. And by yeah. the time the church attempted and Christians attempted to, uh, to bring the Christian perspective, the field had already developed. And so we're yeah. kind of behind the game, I would say. Churches, uh, I think you said it well, but I think I think counseling was looked at as somewhat taboo mm -hmm. in the Christian yeah. sphere. That's a good word. And there's a lot of, there's a whole nother <laughs> discussion there to have yeah. maybe in the future. But um, but these are real issues that, that so many people deal with. And to do that from a Christian perspective really is the most effective, I believe. Mm -hmm. I think one of the hardest parts of being a counselor that, is Christian, but I work with secular clients who have no interest in, uh, in faith is, yeah. is hearing these, these people searching for meaning and purpose and searching for that missing thing and, right. and knowing what that is and how do I guide them there to that? Yeah. Uh, but in a Christian counseling practice, it's very different. There's an opportunity to share the gospel while meeting needs and mental health in the community. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is, it's, it's ministry, you know, is what it is. You're ministering yes. to the whole person. Yes. Um, so, okay, that's good. Um, all right, next question. And that is, other than your family, mm -hmm. who is someone God uses to show you truth and maybe give us a recent example? Yeah. So this should have been really easy to answer, but it took me a little bit to, to, to ponder this, yeah. you know. Um, and part of the reason is, if I'm just being really honest, you know, I, I, I kind of end up being a person that people talk to, mm. but then I don't necessarily go and, and seek the own, the person that could speak truth into my life. And that's, yeah. that's a weakness that I need to work on and I need to improve on. But the area where that's the time now recently in the last year where God has started to change that and make me more aware of that, um, is actually through our home group, our small group. That's uh, good. so our group that we meet weekly and we've been meeting for over a year, um, has been real consistent. Um, and it's been incredible. Uh, but they've, they've kind of been the ones to speak truth into my life and, and point out, you know, that as we meet together and we're sharing in one another's burdens, that I often tend to be the one that's quiet or I, I don't really say a whole lot about myself yeah. or what's going on in my life or what I'm struggling with. And so there's kind of that, uh, that aspect where we have a close enough relationship as a group that, um, that group's been able to kind of call me out on that and, and speak truth into my life and kind of guide me and nudge me towards that understanding that, that we all have a need for that. We all have yeah. a need to have uh, people that we can share in life with, and that can't be one-sided. Relationships have to be two-sided. It's a two-way street, and there needs to be coming and going traffic. Right. Um, and when it's all one one way, it's 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 not healthy. So yeah, that's good. So you know, when when I was putting this list of questions together before we started filming any of these podcasts, um, that question was the one I was a little, I don't know, back and forth on, mm -hmm. because I think the the Christian responses can be something to the effect of. Well, I get my truth from God in the Bible. I don't need yes. other people. You know, I don't need other people to dilute God's message for me. Right. Um, but A, that's unhelpful. And B, since we're talking about the Bible, it's also unbiblical. Yes. <laughs> we are called to, you know, bear one another's burdens yeah. and uh, to share truth with one another, to confess to one another. You know, there's a lot of right. things in Scripture that push us towards that. Um, and the idea of a, of a Christian being an island um, mm -hmm. is, again, unbiblical and unhelpful. Uh, and it's good, you know, to be a part of, of a group, grow mm -hmm. group, 
you know, that's something we would encourage everybody to be a part of. Somebody you can be raw and honest with in a way that you just can't be in a bigger group. Yes. Um, and that's, even though what we do on Sunday mornings is, you know, we believe essential, meeting with a smaller group is as well. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I think that's been the thing we've kind of developed, that group has figured out and developed over the last year or so is that, you know, Sunday mornings, our, our Sunday school class might have anywhere between five or 15, 20 people mm-hmm. at the most. And it's, people will, I mean, I think we all share prayer requests. We all um, are comfortable doing that from time to time, but not when it's really personal. You know, we, we share yeah. prayer requests when we know someone in the community is hurting or we have a neighbor that's hurting, or maybe we've lost a loved one. That's, that's somewhat public news, you know? Right. Um, but the stuff that we're really dealing with, we don't, we're not going to share that in a room with 15 or 20 people, even people at church that we trust. Yeah. Um, but in our home group, in our grow group, you know, when we have six of us there, um, it's a little bit different or eight right. of us there, you know, it's, um, you see these people every week and we get to know one another and our, our kids are playing together and there's just, I don't know, the walls kind of come down, I think yeah. pretty quickly. It really just takes one person being willing to kind of bring their own walls down. And yeah. then that, that kind of starts to change the dynamic of the group. So we, we've certainly experienced that. I think it's been really helpful, but, um, but it's definitely, you know, I could admit it's taken me time to realize yeah. I need that as well. Yeah. And that's that good. group has been really encouraging and supportive to kind of lovingly call me out on that. Yeah. <laughs> so lovingly, that's the lovingly. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. Good stuff. All right. Uh, let's see. Last question, and that is how has how have you been showing the love of Christ to others lately? Yeah. Um, man, this is one of those questions that's hard to answer because you don't want to sound brag braggy. Yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> You know, well, we do a lot of great things. Um, no, I mean, serve, serving has always been important to me. Um, people that know me know that I, I actually started, but long before I ever discovered psychology or a passion for counseling, I started in church ministry. So I spent about five years working in children's ministry. Um, and so I, I feel like I spent so much time recruiting volunteers because in children's ministry, there's always a need for you need more than warm bodies, but you always need people that, that can take care of kids and you need lots of them. And so, um, when I got out of that, um, I always kind of kept that mindset, you know, I always remembered what it was like to be on the other side, to be yeah. on a staff at church. And so my wife and I have always been big on service that wherever, whatever church we plugged into, we were going to serve at. Um, you know, I think back to when we worked with the Presbyterian children's home, I mean, we weren't Presbyterian. We were required to go to a Presbyterian church. Yeah. Um, and it was easy to sort of just say, okay, well, we're going to attend and that's it. But we served, I cleaned, I swept floors. I, you know, (laughs) helped out in youth ministry. I taught Sunday school, whatever they needed me to do. I wanted to to serve and plug in. Um, and so at the time that we plugged in here at FBC, that was the same attitude. It was like, Hey, where, where's there a need and what, what can we do to serve? Um, and, and I think just taking that general attitude, I know I'm speaking more generally than specifically. Um, but I think that attitude is, is one that we hope to like, share with the church body, you know, Mm -hmm. um, I think a common problem at churches in America is we have, you know, we have a small percentage of the church doing a lot of the, the legwork that needs to get done, uh, in ministry. And so I I think everyone, I I can't encourage people enough, but I think everyone needs to find a place where they can serve, where they can plug in, where they can, um, you know, give of their time, give them themselves. I think that's so important. Um, so for us, I don't know that lately anything is specifically different. You know, we, we've continued. I think a big change this year has been um, we've, we've served in children's ministry, and now we have one of us serving in 
youth, one serving in children. Right. We continue to try to plug in Sunday mornings and, and do Sunday school and things yeah. like that. Um, during the holidays, though, I mean, we've always looked at other ways. We really want our kids, you know, our own children to to adopt that mindset. And I can't think of a better way to do it than to serve as a family. So mm-hmm. um, something we started years ago, even though we're not, you know, members of a Salvation Army group or anything, but we every year we try to sign up for a slot to like ring the Salvation Army yeah. bell outside of a Walmart. It sounds really simple, um, but it's something that we've done with all of our foster kiddos in the past. And now we do it with our own kids. Um, it's a couple hours a year that our kids do something outside their comfort zone. Yeah. And, and it's really has no benefit, no gain to us, you know? Um, and I just want them to kind of learn that, that yeah. attitude. Um, I think that's cool. Serving is something that we catch and, um, we can sit here and talk about serving, but you know, and showing the love of Christ through service. But um, if we don't do it, and if our if we don't learn it from our parents from seeing them do it, it's harder to pick up later. I think. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's good. Kind of a long answer, but. <laughs> no, it's a good answer. So, Andrew definitely put puts his money where his mouth is, because you teach Sunday school on Sunday morning, mm-hmm. helps with the kids ministry on Wednesday nights, mm-hmm. small group on Tuesday nights. Yes. Um, is uh. One of our newer deacons, mm-hmm. chairman of our personnel committee, yeah. <laughs> has filled the pulpit what, yeah. four or five times in the last year, yeah. and uh, done worship probably that many times too. Plug in wherever so, I can, wherever yeah. I can help. <laughs> uh, you know, appreciate your service, and you never do so with a an expectation of okay, here's what I'm going to get out of this, or, or or you owe me, or anything like that. It always comes from a very generous heart, and I appreciate that. Oh, thank you, I appreciate it. All right. Well, thank you for sitting down yeah. and doing uh, volunteering for something else. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. Of, Absolutely. We'll talk about volunteer burnout one of these days. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> that, probably actually a very healthy topic of discussion. Yes. Yeah. Um, but no, I do appreciate it. And uh, we will um, be looking forward to interviewing some more folks. I think we have a special um, one for you next week. It's going to be a surprise. So tune in for that. Uh, And we will see you for the next episode of the No Grow Show show. Thanks. Thank you for listening. We hope you have enjoyed today's episode of the No Grow Show show. Don't forget, join us again next week.